I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This woman wonders if she's in the right or the wrong for making a joke about her partner's bald head. Am I the butthole for making fun of my partner's hair loss? The title sounds bad, I know. This has been an ongoing argument between my partner and I for almost six months now. I feel like I'll never hear the end of it. Backstory. I am a 23-year-old woman and I'm a naturally fair-skinned girl. I'm also cursed with pretty dark body hairs, which makes upkeep a complete pain. I shave my legs and two days later, I have dark prickles of hair that I can't shave again for one and a half weeks or so without causing some pretty painful razor burn. It's something that's bothered me for a long time as it takes away a lot of my freedom in the warmer seasons and I have to pick and choose what events I can show my legs at. This year, I was invited to go with my partner, a 28 year old man, to his family's Christmas day lunch, which I was pretty excited for. A few days before the lunch, my partner and I were also invited to a new year's day pool party at his friend's place, Southern Hemisphere for anyone confused. Of course, this filled me with dread because I knew that by this point, my legs would look freaking terrible in a swimsuit. I decided to go to both and found a gorgeous summer maxi dress to wear for new year's day. I thought I'd just relax by the pool, on the banana lounge, and also help the host organize the barbecue lunch. After the lunch, I was laying out with a few of the other ladies while our partners were all mucking about in the pool doing cannonballs. My friend's partner, a 25-year-old man, asked why I wasn't swimming, and I let him know I just wasn't feeling like it that day, and I'd rather lay in the shade. At this point, my partner got back out of the pool, and I assumed he was going to jump back in like usual. Instead, though, He came over to me, lifted up the bottom of my dress, revealing my legs, and exclaimed, She isn't swimming today because she's as hairy as a freaking bear. I grabbed my dress and pulled it back down quite embarrassed and shot him a very angry look. There were a few chuckles, but mostly awkward silence. I was mortified. He knows how self-conscious I am about this. In my anger, I then bit back and said, maybe we can transplant some of my leg hair to that nice bald patch you've been brewing. This was also met with a few chuckles, followed by even more awkward silence. My partner then stormed off from the pool and went inside to get dry. He got changed into his dry clothes and came out and said that we're leaving. I felt really bad, especially for the hosts, so I apologized to them and said they could keep my salad bowls that I'd brought over. My partner and I have never spoken about his hair loss before. When I said this, I did know that it likely bothered him, given that I found photos on his phone of him taking pictures of the top of his head, where the hair loss has started. I just felt it was hypocritical that he could create that whole situation and my insecurity wasn't off limits, but his is? I know I didn't handle myself the best here, but am I the butthole? Now, guys, safe to say that that post absolutely blew up with over 17,000 upvotes. And as such, Opie has given us an update. Update for everyone. I sat him down when we both finished work and he came over just a little over an hour ago. It was a very short conversation. I started it by stating that I would like to clear the air and resentment in the relationship. His response to this was, are you going to finally apologize? 
I just about died inside. I asked him what I should be apologizing for. And he said the comments I made about his hair at the New Year's party. I then suggested that perhaps we should apologize in sequence of events. So he should go first, Lamau. He said that there is no way he is apologizing to me after what I said because I crossed the line. I asked him, what about him crossing the line with my boundaries and humiliating me? He said it isn't the same because I could have just shaved it off and been done with it, whereas his situation could be permanent. I said that my situation would have remained permanent if I didn't do something about it. OP references her starting leg hair removal in the comments down below. He then went quiet and started to shut down, telling me he doesn't want to talk. I told him I don't want his company if he can't have an adult open conversation with me. He left. I will be dumping him tomorrow. I didn't sign adoption papers. I never wanted this man baby. Well, there we go. Strong words from OP and definitely strong actions, but you can't fault it, right? You have to be willing to take it if you're willing to give it, like your ex-boyfriend. In my opinion, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of, you know, playful banter and uh, taking the mick out of your partner. I think that's all right, you know, if it's healthy. But if you're willing to do what your ex-partner did and then you're just going to cry about it when the same is done onto you, then don't even bother in the first place. You're a loser. Ultimately, it's the refusal to communicate, which is the most damning thing this relationship this could all have been sorted very easily just with you both apologizing but no uh, he was unwilling to do so and you know what it's probably a good thing this entire event happened because now you can see that you don't want to be with him for a long time sorted am i the butthole for turning in a school project that showed my neighborhood and neighbors in a bad light i am a high school student in a spanish class and we had an assignment to make a video tour of a place it had to be in Spanish and it had to be conversational, like you were showing a friend around. I decided to just walk around my street and make a tour of that because my family wasn't going anywhere else. So I filmed a neighbor's house. When I walked by, they were having a screaming fight like usual. Here are the neighbors. They are very angry. They like to yell in the morning, afternoon and night, I commented. The next neighbor's house. Joe and Tammy live here. They are very nice and have three dogs. Someone then drives by and cat calls me profanely. As a joke, I yell back, Estupido perro, which means stupid dog. Then he slammed his brakes, yelled something racist, and sped off. I said to the camera, This man is very stupid. He's a man, but acts like a dog. I also introduced 10 other mundane things like flowers, a bird, etc. I cut out the long sequences of me walking, but I left everything else. My teacher had a rubric of the types of descriptions and numbers of things you needed, and taking out any would lose me points. It was too dark out to film more. The second part of the assignment was to upload the video on the school websites and post comments back and forth, responding to several of your classmates' videos. One of my friends from class recognized the racist guy as someone who volunteers with the middle school soccer team. So she texted me like, haha, should I say something? And I said, sure. So she posted in Spanish, in the car is Mr. Jones who coaches the children. I learned from your video that he hates women and is racist. I replied to say, does he teach the girls or the boys? And she replied back, both. I replied back, that is terrible. A guy in my class made a comment like, the man yelling at his family is a police officer. He's always a very angry man. I replied back to say, that is scary. The next day at school, my teacher wanted to talk to me alone. She told me that my video was inappropriate and I shouldn't have filmed the neighbors or the coach. I said that the assignment was literally to walk around a place you're familiar with and react like you're having a conversation with a friend. And my video is literally what happens when I walk around with my friends. My teacher said that I was being belligerent on purpose and I should have known that stuff has to be dealt with delicately. 
I said, I just don't agree. It's just life. And there's no point pretending that something's not happening. She said she'd taken down the video and it was the sort of thing that should be brought to authorities instead of posted for the whole class. I said, I didn't even know who the guy in the car was and who was I gonna call about the cop? The cops? I have a meeting with the principal coming up tomorrow. So am I the butthole for having posted that video for the Spanish class? Now guys, before you begin to start writing your comments down below, hold your horses because I've got an update for you. I had the meeting this morning. I think it went well. I have a study hall now, so I have a little time to write an update. So last night I did a bunch of prep. Before the meeting, I emailed the video to the elementary school principal guidance counselor and a few parents i know with kids on the sports team to say their coach had yelled sexually explicit and hateful things at me a student in the school system i wanted to get out ahead and make sure the video was out there before the school might put pressure on me to delete it i also backed up the video to multiple places i asked the teacher i trust to sit in on this meeting and have it be recorded and sent to all participants afterwards we scheduled it for just before the school day started on zoom so i wouldn't miss any class and finally i decided to write up a list of things i'd want to discuss in the meeting and shared it with my favorite teacher in advance so she could help me address those questions and for the actual meeting i decided i'd just go into it acting as if they would obviously do the right thing and ask for help I was hoping having a teacher on my side and the meeting on video would pressure them to help. I thought if I approached it from a, well, obviously you're going to take this seriously perspective and I had it on video, it would put them in a tough spot to have to contradict me. So when I called in and everyone said good morning and the principal asked if I knew why I'd been called in this morning, I just started out by saying, yes, I assume it's about the kids coach. Thank you so much for calling this meeting with me this morning. I really appreciate how proactive you are about addressing the sexual harassment from a staff member. I understand this is a mandated reporting state. I wanted to ask if there was any information you would need to add to your reports. And the principal seemed kind of caught out and said that a report had not yet been filed. I said, well, as I understand it, there is a 48 hour time frame to file a report. I understand making you aware of this right before the weekend might have complicated things. Perhaps there was a miscommunication about the severity of the events, but I was approached in a car, sexually harassed and threatened by a man who works with other minors in the public school system. As soon as I said that, the meeting tone really changed. The meeting also had a school guidance counselor on it and I could tell she understood how serious what I was saying was especially because I was politely calling out that they were already past the legal deadline that they should have filed the report by. She actually took over at that point and the principal didn't participate as much. I also tried to smooth things over somewhat by saying I was sorry I brought this to their attention in a school project instead of asking for a meeting with the principal directly. I should have reached out for help. So that's it. I'm still kind of freaking out about how big of a deal it turned out to be. Also, I wanted to say thanks to everyone who had great suggestions of how to approach this, like having an adult to back me up, getting the meeting on record, and knowing about mandatory reporting. Yeah, that is the beauty of Reddit right there. Before the update was posted, there was a couple days in between the original and the update, and the comments, my word, 
so helpful. I don't really have time to read through all of them, but a lot of them were just giving so much advice to OP as to how to go about this. Clearly, OP used a lot of that advice and just absolutely dominated everyone in that Zoom meeting. I would have loved to have been in it. It would have been sensational. I mean, they're not wrong, by the way. They're just making sure everyone realizes how serious the situation was. This could have gone so differently, though. If you hadn't have put your foot down and acted like this, I reckon that you would have been the one that was getting in trouble for, I guess, like outing people at your school or filming them when they're not in school, perhaps. You know the way it seemed to be going when your Spanish teacher was like, oh, you shouldn't have done this. This was really bad, etc., etc." I feel like this is the sort of tack that the, the school wanted to continue with. But hey, utter domination. I love it. Am I the butthole for telling my daughter not to talk to me? For some backstory, I have three girls, 14, 16, and 25 years old. They used to get along great. Then my 14-year-old got a cat for her birthday and my 16-year-old hated him. I think she's scared of him but refuses to admit it. So she used that as an excuse to not have much of a relationship with her sister. She's also been more distant with the rest of our family in an attempt to distance herself from her sister and her cats. My husband also dislikes the cat, but he doesn't let it affect his relationship with his family. My husband and I were at our friend's birthday party last week. We were supposed to be out late and our two youngest kids were home alone. Our 16-year-old was taking the family dog out and our 14-year-old's cat was trying to play and was swiping at her feet. You know what, guys? Let's give them names. I'm going to call the 16-year-old Ella, the 14-year-old Ruby, and the 25-year-old Alice. So Ella, our 16-year-old, called Ruby, our 14-year-old, and told her to get her trash head cat away from her and told her what the cat was doing. Apparently, Ruby took her time to get there, then laughed, called the cat a good boy, and gave him a treat. Now, Ruby denied this, but it sounds like something that she would do. This sparked an argument between the two, and Ella kept cursing the cat out. She knows this hurts Ruby, and Ruby retaliated by cursing her out. Ella responded by telling Ruby that she doesn't love her and hasn't for a long time, that she hates her, that she's so excited for the day she gets to move out and never speak to her or see her again. This deeply hurt Ruby because family is extremely important to her and our oldest, Alice, lives nearby but never asks her to hang out and only speaks to her a couple of times a year, which is already very hard on her. Then to rub salt on the wound, she grabbed a treat, called the cat's name and threw the treat outside. The cat chased her and Ruby spent over an hour looking for her cats. Ella called my husband and told him about their arguments and Ruby called me and told me what Ella had done with the treats. So we had to leave early. When I got home, I grounded Ella because she escalated the argument by cursing the cat out, then hurt her sister by going on that spiel about how she hates her and she's going to be alone, then for throwing the treats. But my husband ungrounded her and said that Ruby should be punished for laughing and giving the cat a treat when he was trying to scratch Ella. Ruby asked if anything was going to happen to Ella for what she said and did. And Ella yelled that she meant everything. I told her that she ruined my weekend and not to speak to me. But my husband took Ella's side and has been sleeping on the couch since. And Ella hasn't spoken to me or Ruby since the arguments. Last night, I found my husband helping Ella pack and getting her important documents out of the safe. When I asked what he was doing, he said that Ella was going to stay with Alice. I told him Ella wasn't going anywhere, but he ignored me and went back to packing. Ella is now gone and my husband is still on the couch. So 
am I the butthole for telling my daughter not to speak to me? Wow, uh, where do I even begin with this one? Uh, you can tell that this goes way before the cat. I think it's more than just the cat episode. This has been brewing for a very long time. And to be fair, I think the fact that you've let it get to the situation is probably on UOP, not gonna lie. I don't know, but I feel like if it was my two kids, it'd be pretty obvious that something was brewing between them and you have to kind of step in and make sure that relationship isn't completely destroyed like it has been. Saying though that you're not gonna speak to one of your children as a mother, I'm not sure you should ever be saying that to be fair. I get it, heat of the moment, but surely you just have to take it on the chin and say, look, for the sake of the family, we're going to have to try and mend this relationship. And that is going to mean speaking to one another because saying I'm not going to speak to you is extremely immature. I think. I'm just looking through some of the comments and I kind of agree. Everyone's just like, what is going on here? Why is everyone's relationship in this family so fractured? It's weird. Also, like, why are you and your husband so different in your opinions here as well? I thought at least you two would have something in common given that you've chosen to, you know, become partners. I don't know. There are a lot bigger problems in this family than I can see. Um, who's the butthole? I don't really care, to be honest. Just someone needs to go in and sort it out. Remember those old programs with the nannies? Yeah, get one of those in and, and make sure she goes to work on the parents as well. I don't know what's going on here. If you know more than me, get in the comments. I'll have a look through and uh, heart some of my favorites. Wow, what a post. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Am I the butthole for hiding my neighbor's garden gnome because it was scaring my son? My neighbor, Cindy, has a large front garden. She grows flowers and some produce. Sometimes she comes over with extras, which is nice. She also has a gnome village in her garden. You know, those tacky garden gnomes you see in lawn and garden stores that you can paint or whatnot? Well, recently, Cindy got a new gnome. For whatever reason, my five-year-old son has developed a fear of this particular gnome. I'm not sure why, and yes, I've asked him why. I'm sure he's seen something scary on YouTube or something. The gnome is just the normal gnome with like a gardening hoe and a basket of flowers. I decided to talk to Cindy. I explained the problem and I asked if she would move the gnome to the back garden or behind the bushes on her patio. But Cindy refused. I wasn't asking for much. A few days ago, my son was outside playing and his ball rolled into Cindy's yard. He refused to go and get it, crying and begging me to get the ball. I got the ball and at the same time, I moved that gnome behind some flower bushes. My plan was to move it back once my son stopped playing. Cindy came out to water the garden, noticed the gnome was gone, and demanded to know where it was. She even threatened to call the police on me over a gnome. After I gave her back the gnome, Cindy told me not to come on her property again. I told my wife what happened, and while she thinks Cindy overreacted, she also thinks I shouldn't have taken the gnome. She says our son will get over his fear in time, but he'll just have to play in the back. I think our son has a right to play in his own front yard without being scared of a gnome though. So, am I the butthole? 
All right, not gonna lie, reading through the comments here on Reddit, and um, I disagree with pretty much all of them. Uh, not a shock, I do that sometimes. They all say that OP is the butthole here. Should parent their kid better, shouldn't touch someone else's stuff, etc, etc. And I get it, but we live in the real world. And sometimes saying, oh, it's her property, you can't do that stuff, teach a kid, etc, etc. It's just, it's just wrong. You know, it's just wrong. Listen, you lot get in the comments down below because I know I'm in the minority here. But for me, right, I've got my five-year-old kid who doesn't even want to go and play in his own garden because he's terrified of something that is so, like, you know, irrelevant, doesn't even matter. It's one gnome. Yeah, turn it around. Cindy, by the way, should be saying straight away, oh, don't worry, it's all good. It's only one gnome. I don't really get that much of a benefit from having it compared to your kid that can't even go and play in his own garden. Like, it's, it's not even a complication here. Yes, it's annoying for her. She's bought a gnome and she can't, you know, whack it out because unfortunately her neighbor doesn't like it. But the courteous thing to do here, surely, is to just say, all right, we'll put it away until the kid grows up and then get it out when he's got over his fear. Like people are saying in the comments, you've got to teach your kid to not have irrational fears. Yeah, but every kid has irrational fears when they're that age. Like teaching them that it's just a gnome, fine, but they'll learn that in time anyway when they realize, oh, it's just a gnome. The kid's five. And I'm sorry, this comment is so... Th You're the butthole. Your child is your job. You don't prepare the environment for your child. You know what? Sorry, let's just get up on screen. Look, put it, put it there. 1.8k upvotes. But why? Anyway, you don't prepare the environment for your child. You prepare your child for his environment. There are so many ways you could have dealt with that, including making up funny songs and stories about gnomes. That was not an approach that would occur to anyone else who isn't ragingly entitled. But, yeah, but part of the fact he's not entitled, he's just like, his kid's crying, you know? This is the problem with Reddit sometimes. People are just like so anal about things. Like, it's not that deep. It's a gnome. She can just take it away and the kid can stop crying. It would be better. Okay, I'm just gonna... Let's see. Uh, by the way, I know that I'm in the minority here because there are a lot of comments that are disagreeing with me. But the one on screen again, I disagree with. You're the butthole. I can smell your entitlement from here. The, kid, the dad is clearly not entitled. That is, I mean, trust me, I've read enough stories to know that he's not. You don't touch things that don't belong to you. All you had to do was go and get your property, the ball, and be on your merry way. Okay, I can partially agree with that one, for sure. He didn't have to hide it. But I also do think that Cindy should have just said, Oh, your kid is crying because of something I have that is very irrelevant. I'll put it away for now. That would have been much easier. The, the th all the comments are literally just saying, oh, you can't touch someone else's property. Yeah, but your kid's crying and it's fine. It's a, it's a gnome. You're the butthole. You had zero right to touch another person's property. I'd be very angry if I was your neighbor and you did that to me. I wouldn't care. If someone like went on my property, yeah, and then I had a gnome out and they said, really sorry. I just hid this gnome for a little period of time whilst my son, who's five, your neighbor, was playing because it scares him i'd be like yeah that makes complete sense to me any reasonable person would say that i don't know i just don't know but hey let's find another comment because i'm really enjoying this you're the butthole your kid will get over it when i was four i flipped out at the zoo because spider-man was there posing for photos with kids i was terrified to go anywhere near him and i'm sure i put on quite a display my parents didn't demand spider-man go hide in the bushes though yeah that is completely different though, isn't it? Because I'm sure lots of kids were enjoying him. He was doing, okay, not in that way. He was doing his job and it was just your kid that had an issue. This is this is a gnome. It's not a human being doing their job, you know? Like you can just, you can literally get the gnome and go like this, spin it around, you know? It's, sorry, this person said, when I was five, I refused to eat one meatball in my spaghetti because it creeped me out. I'm 40 and totally fine. 
Well, I don't understand what that's achieving. <sighs> I don't know. I feel like sometimes some Redditors are like so like sneaky. That's my main point. Listen, you get in the comments, let me know. Am I wrong? Probably. Who cares? It's all about opinion. That was a bit of a rant, but I enjoyed it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 